I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Doctor Is In. I am your host, Paul Verhoeven, how are you all doing today? It is just so wonderful to be back. Now, as many of you may notice, your podcast feed has a little bit of a teaser on there. I have released my very first full-length, big finish story. It is called The Green Man, and it's part of the second Doctor Adventures James Robert McCrimmon box set, which is out right now. And loath as I am to plug things, it seems thematically on point, because back when the third Doctor box set, The Annihilators, came out through Big Finish, it was a really great release. I was very excited. And I actually had the pleasure of talking to Tim Trelaw, who plays the Third Doctor. He's your brand new Third Doctor. He's he's the Third Doctor, as far as I'm concerned. And he's doing amazing work. And Big Finish had me on the phone with him, had a bit of a chat, uploaded the episode, and it never came up. Until now. It literally just popped back up on my feed and said, hey, this episode never went up live. It was pretty much just a tech problem, just an upload problem. But in true Doctor Who fashion, the Doctor sometimes arrives very, very late. So please enjoy this fireside chat, fire not included, with the wonderful third Doctor himself, Tim Trelaw. Tim, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. Oh, what an absolute pleasure. I've been listening to a lot of your work lately, and I must say, you do an absolutely sterling job. It's it's amazing how fast the human brain just replaces one person with another, and you've really inhabited the role beautifully. But as an actor, is that an onerous task, having to inhabit someone else's shoes? And they're big, frilly shoes as well. They're massive shoes. Um, yes, well, I've never done that before. I don't think or since. Um, Mr. Pertwee is the, the only person I currently um, am inhabiting, if you will. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I've, I've, I've played Richard Burton on radio once, or someone um, pretending to be Richard Burton, actually, so not quite the same thing. But yes, um, this is the first time I've done this. So, And they are, as you said, uh, massive shoes. Where do you start? Do you start with parody and then wind it back a little bit? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess so. Um, one of the, the um, uh, I jokingly say in conventions that my way of getting into uh, John Pertwee's voice is by um, imitating Wurzel Gummidge. Um, <laughs> that, but um, <laughs> you, you, I get a couple of, uh, of frowns initially, but then they realise I'm joking. But yeah, I guess it's like it's when you um, when you try to do accents, um, there are sometimes key phrases that you you, you go to in order to start getting them in. Um, mm. And so, yeah, but I, it's refreshing myself um, through watching Doctor Who episodes, to be honest. Um, the Demons is the one I, I'm currently in love with that I, I refer to when I'm about to do an audio. Um, right, right. So yeah, it's it's usually watching and then and then watching again for the for the mannerisms and the any any vocal ticks that he had. For instance, for instance, his um, his sibilant S, that was quite a thick S he had, um, mm. and his very very um, staccatoed form of speech. You don't chuck on velvet jackets to kind of you know add I, a little bit of flair in the studio. I, or? I've gone the odd white bouffant wig. Um, right. 
And uh, yes, I, I haven't got a velvet jacket at the moment. I must get one and a cape. Yeah, as well. uh, yeah they, they're not, they don't breathe much. It's, he doesn't wear much breathable running he fabric. He's it's all very tight. Well, it's very, I quite like, I love the style actually. He's very 60s, um, which I'm a big yeah. fan of the 60s and, um, and that type of clothing. And uh, yeah, he's, he's always, he always cuts a dashing figure. It's a wild aesthetic. I mean, the fact that he stole his first outfit from an opera singer in the, was it a surgeon or an opera singer? Remember in the, uh, know, yeah. on? He, he, cause he hasn't decided on his look yet. And he's at the hospital cause his brain's not working properly. Oh, and he yes. just wanders into the, yes. yeah. Wanders into the change room. And there's some sort of, I, I don't remember the specifics, <laughs> but I think he's either, he's either an opera singer or a famous yeah. Italian surgeon. And he just grabs his digs and that's his look. Yeah. Yeah. That's his yeah. Look. Well, there we are. And a great look it is. What's your look uh, on, on a day-to-day basis? Do you have a signature look? <laughs> Well, normally it's just t-shirt and jeans. I'm I'm pretty scruffy, which is really bad because I I do I sort of um I've always I've always loved the mod fashion, um, which is very sort of cut suits and um uh sort of cut in clothes and, and very very detailed um fabric and, and and accessories and um yeah I'm a very lazy mod, I think I on my Twitter handle. Um yeah, normally I'm 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 much more comfortable lounging about in jeans and t-shirt which my mother is always going about. <laughs> I guess that's sort of a bonus as far as um, audio is concerned, because you are, you know, you're not on camera. You get to kind of bounce around a studio or a home studio. I mean, wh- what is your typical approach to inhabiting a character? And I ask this of a lot of big finished talent and they all have different sort of techniques. Um, you know, uh, Pete Davidson will be sitting inside a uh, little, uh, like a closet. Some people get up and pace around. Sylvester McCoy like inhabits the character physically. What is the difference for you between hopping into a studio and doing a, a role a role like the doctor or being on stage or being on screen like how do you bring character to the fore well it's different with 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 the third doctor um in the studio um and i've always been in the studio for the third doctor i haven't done it from home right. um it, it, physically i try to i mean katie when when i'm working with her will sometimes give me the the, the um the physical gestures for a particular line she'll say do this for this particular line so it might be the hands on hips, or it might be the, the finger under the chin, or it mm. might be the, that, the, the hand rubbing the back of the neck, um, according to a particular line. But inhabiting the characters, usually, I mean, I work a lot in theatre. I'm currently working at the Royal Shakespeare Company. I'm up in Stratford at the moment, Stratford von Avon, hence right. the, um, the Tudor beams behind me. Um, that's in, that's the, the digs I'm staying in, in this, um, I think it's about 16th century. So on stage, you've usually got a few weeks rehearsal to, to work on a character and, and flesh out a character. Um, with TV, it's a bit different because um, they're looking mainly at the face. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just part of the actor's toolbox. Is It's, it's the same as learning your lines. It's a muscle. So inhabiting the character involves... Um, looking into his background, his backstory, maybe any any um, any physical uh, qualities that they have that are attributed in the script or inventing some. It's it's very it's very it's kind of a hard question to answer actually. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I've sorry. Myself into, I'm talking myself into a circle here. Um, yeah, not the character. I don't know. I mean, usually it's say the lines of "Don't bump into the furniture." Is right. Is do the damn job. But in this case, you've got, you know, you've got a companion, an ex-companion of the doctor in question in the room with you. I mean, is that, is that a bit like walking around in someone else's pajamas? Is that as like a strange sense? (laughs) What does that feel like for you? Well, initially it was, it was terrifying. 
when I first right. uh, went in the studio, there's Katie and Richard Franklin, but they have been lovely. I mean, sadly, I haven't worked with Richard much, but I've worked with Katie a lot. And she has been such a support and a fantastic person to work with, a joy and a ball of energy, um, as you probably know. And um, she has been so uh, supportive and helpful and giving me stories and anecdotes about him. And, and they've all helped to... They've helped me with the character. So that goes back to your last question about inhabiting the character. Someone like Katie has, has tremendously helped me with that. Um, just by talking to me about John and why he spoke so fast and why he did this and why he did that. And that, it, it sort of then triggers things off in my brain to go, ah, yes, that's the key into that particular thing. Um, so no, but Katie's lovely. She's absolutely wonderful. Was John your doctor growing up? Tom Baker was. Right. Tom Baker. And I couldn't understand. And that's the reason I think I stopped watching Doctor Who when Tom went, because mm. I, I didn't know about the whole regeneration thing. So when suddenly he's lying on the floor and turns into Peter Davison, I, I, my head just exploded. I, I, I couldn't work it out. So then when I turned on next week, expecting to see Tom and Peter was on there, but this is not Doctor Who now. You know, I didn't understand the whole regeneration thing. So sadly, I, I stopped watching at that point. But no, Tom is always my doctor. And um, he still is. And he's the first doctor I've worked with uh, on audio. Um, and yeah, and K-9 has always been my favourite Doctor Who character. Really? That's yeah. a controversial choice. It is a controversial choice. John Leeson doesn't think so. But um, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I used to love K-9. I used to be so excited when K-9 would come on. Oh, who doesn't want a robot dog with a laser in its nose? Who doesn't I mean, want it's... a robot dog? Exactly. exactly. Most costly in the world. Oh, God. And plus, everyone loves dogs, so why not just chuck yeah, a laser in it? Exactly. I yeah, it doesn't work, doesn't work with real dogs. I've tried. It uh, doesn't... No. Yeah. It just doesn't go down well. You can't I'm, I'm so... Oh, yeah. I'm... Um... I'm very interested to know that you struggle with the notion of regeneration uh, and with somebody else inhabiting a character that you loved yeah. when that's exactly what you're doing... I know. Right now. I know. I mean, are you enjoying the process? I have to ask. Is it, is it, is it a lot of fun? Oh, it's huge fun. Um, yeah. Working with Big Finish is, is, is great anyway. They're, they're such a lovely, warm, welcoming family, I, I should call mm. them. Um, um, working with Nick Briggs, who produces the, the Third Doctor series, um, is a joy. Yeah. Um, and also being the Third Doctor means that we can, Nick and I can create the culture in the studio. And it's always very friendly. It's always very irreverent. There's a lot of laughter. Um, there's no sort of serious, high-minded sort of, um, any sort of politic talk we shut down quite, quite quickly. And yeah, we just have fun. It's just a joy to be in. But obviously then we take the work very seriously as well. But there's still, it's just, just all I can think about when I go into the Big Finish studio is laughter. And I'm going to have a laugh that day and it's going to be fun. Oh. It's a so wonderful nice. element to work in. Yeah, and that's what you want as an actor. You want to be able to play. Oh, 100%. I mean, I was listening to The Annihilators recently, and good God, as far as multi-doctor stories go, it was just, it just, everyone was bringing their A-game, and I was sitting there going, look, on the one hand, this feels like prestige TV, and on the other hand, you can do goofy shit, pardon my French, that you can't really do on TV. Well, that's right. You know, yeah. listening to people melt is so... Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything back in the day was shot in a quarry or in the corner of a room or made of paper mache but this sounds and feels so much like classic doctor who how do you infuse it with the sensibilities of modern storytelling and modern like character work well basically like you said you have so much fun just just i mean someone melting how do you do that um on audio um 
But also, if you watch that on TV, someone melting or on film, that would be a moment of horror. It would be probably something you'd, you wouldn't forget now, Harry. But if you can do it in audio, you can add that level of sort of um, campularity to it. Because it is, there's so much campness in, in particularly the third Doctor stories and a joyful sort of um, exuberance. Um, so there is a sort of, there's a tongue-in-cheek element to it too. And I think that, the, you know, I think the, the listeners want that. There's a slight, because it's set in the 70s, which is a decade now, we're all, uh, we're all quite sort of um, tight-lipped about for various reasons. Um, it's, it's great to be able to not send it up, but to, um, to, to give a heightened quality to it. Mm. So I think it's, it's about sort of committing to the notion of someone melting, for instance, but at the same time realising the, the ridiculous notion of it. You yeah, know. that idea of com committing to the notion of somebody melting. You can't real... Yeah, you can't, you can't just, you can't do it half-heartedly. It's got to be completely truthful and completely real. Oh, I know. The, un the only time Doctor Who fall falls flat on its face is when someone clearly thinks they're too cool for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Totally. You've got to buy in. It has to be the most important thing in the world in that moment. It's got to be. It's, it has to be. And it absolutely is. But at the, you know, at the same time, because if... In, in a scenario where someone melted, I don't, you know, people then won't be able to go, anyway, poor chap, let's get on with this. You know, it will be yeah. probably a couple of weeks of therapy, surely. At the very Yeah, but, but the Briggs just said, poor devil. And then yeah, that's, it. Sin change. that's it. Poor devil, Those yeah. poor dispensable unit. I would never join unit. You yeah. guarantee. Oh, no, no. You've got, yeah, life expectancy of six. But then again, the Briggs are soldier. So I, I suppose he's used to it. Speaking of which, the interactions between you and he have been scintillating. It oh. feels like, it just feels like the real thing. It feels so fresh and new. I mean, as a duo, you are inhabiting beloved characters and having to not just create your own juice, right? And get your own kind of third doctor engine going, but also feed him. How's that, how's that interaction been? How's that dynamic been? Well, well, I've been so fortunate to work with someone like John Coulshaw, who's an absolute yeah. genius and is recognized as probably our greatest impressionist here. And as, as well as being a, a really fine actor and, um, Working with him is a joy. Again, we're always laughing in the studio. We're having we, we we're about the same age, John and I, and um, so we've got a, lo a lot of um, of similar reference points in in culture to to mm. to pull from. Um, but we have such great fun, and and that I'm surprised, you know, as well as saying that working with Katie for the first time was quite terrifying. So I was working with John because he is an actual professional impressionist. So. Um, but he's just a lovely man. He, he's exactly how he comes across as he's just a gentle, warm, very funny man. Um, so we have a lot of fun and we can play off each other and we trust each other in the studio. Where do you want the third doctor to go next? And I say that acknowledging the fact that you are the third doctor now, you are the new third doctor. Where do you want to, what do you, well, no, no, you are, come on. No, like where, where do you want to take this character next? And are there any rumblings on the horizon? Uh, the, any little, uh, scoops that you can kind of imply? I mean, what do you want to do with the character? I, I can't, I'll be sh immediately shot at dawn. But um, I, I, yeah, um, well, I'd like, I, do you know what? Every story is exciting for me. But going back to an early question, I'd love him to meet K9 somehow. I don't know how. I mean, my, my, um, I don't know if he can, I don't think he can, can he? Um, well, he has to have his. Doctor Who. This is Doctor Who. You can do anything. Yeah. No, that's true. You can do anything. That's, true. Um, yep. that's, that's another joy of it. You can actually do anything because of the regeneration thing, because of going forward and backward in time. And I think you could do anything with, Doctor Who, can't you? Um, but I did one, the one, I, I loved working with the Cybermen. 
that was the uh, that was a massive joy because as a kid they were the ones that scared me the most mm. because at the time when i was watching it they were silent they were they were terrifying do you think so, they um that was just a way of uh getting around paying the actors full yeah fee? probably just, more than likely yeah yeah, yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> whereas you you get you know you get paid per word baby i don't know well i wish that'd be did. nice wouldn't it <laughs> yeah they just suddenly there's no more monologues well exactly i am yeah, I, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what your doctor does next. It's been so nice to not have to worry about there being missing chunks in the canon and just go, oh no, there's a third doctor around and he's great. Just personally, I've, I've really enjoyed your work on this and it's just, it's, it's, um, it's, it's such a treat to actually talk thank to your you. person and to say thank you. Very kind of you. Thank you, Paul. I am very kind. You're I'm very kind of you. <laughs>